Well, it's great to be in church this morning. It's good that all you are here. It's a good time to be, it's just a great time to be alive and be serving God. I just got to say, it is, it's, it's, I'm excited about what God's doing. Um, and uh, it's, it's often, it comes with a lot of, um, life is life, right? Um, okay, so before I even start this, and my wife's already looking at it, give me the eye, like what's he going to say? Before we even get into this, well, first of all, I, sh- I should look at my notes and say, good morning. Um, for those that don't know, I'm Glenn. I'm part of the pastoral team here, and, uh, and we're just excited to be starting a new series this morning. But can we just, be, can we just almost forget that we're in church or, or, or recognize that we're in church? And we, can we just be real this morning and kind of let some, some uh, masks off and just, uh, I'm going to try to filter, but I'm going to still at the same time try to be, to be real this morning because... I think it's important that we recognize um, just the sheer gift that being able to be real with one another is when we get together. Um, I don't want this to be just another uh, speech. And so, so I'm really kind of sensing that, that God wants us to, to uh, just to be real and be honest with ourselves and, and maybe even dare to be a little bit honest with those to our right and to our left and, and just be able to walk this out together. So that's kind of my heart this morning, a little bit of an intro. It, it is a kind of a Christmas series. We're in that season already. Um, I, my wife was, was amazed because she caught me listening to a Christmas song today or yesterday, which, which I mean, it was first time because it, was, it wasn't December yet because I have this kind of boundary in my world that December is for Christmas, not November. But anyway, it's all good. And, uh, and I won't even tell you what song it was or who was singing it because that would just reveal too much. So, but, but it was a Christmas song. But it's, so this series, and, and so I'll start with a question. And, and if, you, if, you, uh, if, you, if you can kind of relate to this, I'll get you to raise a hand. Is anyone here familiar with the book or the story or the tale, The Pilgrim's Progress? Is there, is there folks that was, oh, that's cool. There's actually a pretty good number that, that know that. That's awesome. It's, it's, a real, it's a classic. It really is. It's an old classic. It, it's, a, it's a tale that was written. Now, I don't, some of you may not know this, but by John Bunyan, who is, who is an Englishman, but it was written in the 1600s while John was in jail. So it's like I get this image of Paul, you know, in the, in, the, in the New Testament books and some of those that he wrote from jail. You'll never guess what he was in jail for. It wasn't for theft. He didn't steal somebody's donkey or he didn't, like it wasn't for any of those things. He was in jail because he was preaching the gospel without permission from the established church. He was in jail for 12 years for that. So, I mean, we think we got a bad. I mean, so, so while he was in prison, he decided, eh, I got nothing else to do. I think I'll write a book. But, but no, actually, it came from a, a real experience that he had and a revelation that, that he had. And, um, and I love this. So the series is called the Pilgrim, or Pilgrim's Progress. I want to talk about Pilgrim's Progress over the next uh, while coming up to Christmas. So the title page of this book John Bunyan's book, it's, it's, it includes the following, and this is, this is what's written out as the, kind of the full title, and it's a sentence. It says, The pilgrim's progress from this world to that which is to come, delivered under the likeness of a dream wherein is discovered the manner of his setting out, his dangerous journey, and safe arrival at the desired country. I mean, that's a pretty cool title. I mean, you can see why they call it the pilgrim's progress, because, yeah, it's quite a journey just to get through the title. But it's told as a, as a parable, as a story, likeness to a dream, and it is well-crafted. 
but it's the pilgrim's progress, the manner of his setting out. So he set out on this journey, his dangerous journey, and his safe arrival in the desired country. If I've learned anything about Christianity over the years with my own following and journey with Christ is that it is a journey, right? I mean, it's an adventure, right? Like anybody that's been saved for more than a day and then anybody that might have been saved for a day, it's a journey. And sometimes there are huge challenges that come with that. Sometimes, some days it's a battle, but it's definitely a pilgrimage. It's a pilgrimage. Now, pilgrimage might be a word that you're not it's not used a lot nowadays, like the idea of a pilgrim. It's like when we lived in the States, if you said pilgrim, it was like the goofy black pointy hat with the belt buckle on the top. And you know what I mean? So like that was the pilgrims when we were there. But it's like when we think of pilgrimage and we think of pilgrim, I want to define it this way, or actually Cambridge English Dictionary defines it this way. A pilgrim is a person who makes a journey, often a long and difficult one, to a special place for religious reasons. I can tell that some people know where I'm going with this. A person who makes a journey, often a long and difficult one, to a special place for religious reasons. So I would argue without too much of a stretch, we can recognize that Christianity is a pilgrimage. Right? It's, it's a special, it's a, it's a journey It's a pilgrimage to a special place for us who prepared by God himself. And it comes with challenges and it's a long journey. It's a great journey. It's a rewarding journey, but it's it's just that it's more than just sunshine and flowers every day. The, The writer of Hebrews in the New Testament referring to the heroes of the faith. There's this chapter 11 in Hebrews that's often called the faith tap chapter and it defines faith and it goes through these different characters from the Bible who were, were, were men and women of faith that, that were on this journey. And it talks about in, in Hebrews 11 verse 13 that as these people sojourned in this world, it says all these people died still believing what God had promised them. Right? So there's that sense of ongoing. What God had promised them, he promised them something. They did not receive what they'd promised, but they saw it from a distance and welcomed it. They knew it was out there. They were on their way towards it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country that they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they'd come from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place a heavenly homeland. That's why God's not ashamed to call them their God, for he has prepared a city for them. I love how that describes the pilgrimage, the pilgrim's progress. There's things that God has prepared for each of us, for all of us. There's things that that God has has laid out, promises that we've received. There's, There's dreams that we've dreamed There's prayers we've prayed. There's a heavenly homeland that we will one day get to in Jesus' name. But there's a journey that we call life between here and there. And that journey is an interesting one. I want to try to help us as spiritual pilgrims this morning on this journey over the the next few weeks because it's so easy to get off track. It's so easy to get bogged down. It's so easy to even give up. 
And my heart today is that you would be encouraged, that there would be courage put into you in the midst of the journey, and that there would be something from this message that would would stick in your spirit and in your heart that you can carry with you as you leave this place and and go into your week and continue on your pilgrimage. So let's, let's pray for a moment. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word, and I pray that, God, your word actually breathes life and hope and encouragement into each of us. Lord, that we would, we would leave this place with a, with a greater determination, a greater reliance on you, a greater understanding of who you are and what you're doing in our midst. Lord, that we would be able to, to recognize some things in our own lives that, Lord, you're working on and you're bringing clarity to that sets us up to arrive at that country, to arrive in that, that, that which is set apart from us to receive the promises that you've made. So God, for those that might be here this morning, that are struggling in that journey, or may, maybe the manner of their setting out hasn't been established yet. But God, they're recognizing the restlessness within them just to, to engage in this process. So Lord, have your way, Lord, by your spirit, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So just to set some people's minds at ease, I'm not actually gonna preach from Pilgrim's Progress. I'm going to preach from the Bible, but I just wanted to use that as as a backdrop and a way to be able to look into this. I want to actually use the characters in the Nativity story as as kind of an object lesson as we consider this journey. And uh, so there's some great stories in Matthew and Luke, and and it's ways to encourage us in our spiritual pilgrimage. No, that's not at all. Pilgrimage. (laughs) Think about it, there's, there's, there's Mary and Joseph's journey to Bethlehem, and then to Egypt, so it's, it's a two-part there. There's the journey of the Magi from the Eastern lands. There's, there's the shepherds and the angels. But maybe one such story that doesn't necessarily get nestled into the nativity story each time would be the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth found in Luke chapter 1. It says that he was a priest and, and she was of the line of a priestly family. And, and there's a story of, of theirs that I believe is a good place to start as we get into this series. And it's found in Luke chapter 1. And it's, it's the birth of John the Baptist foretold in that process. And I want to begin at verse 5. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read pieces. Of this. It's like it's a lengthy story, but I'm going to read some of it unpack it a little bit, read some more, and unpack it with more with the hope of landing uh, at the end of this message. So in Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 5, it says, when Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes careful to obey all of the Lord's commands and regulations. They had no children because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. I want us to to note here that Zechariah and Elizabeth were good people. Like, these were salt-of-the-earth good people. The the verse even uses the word righteous. Like, so, so when you consider the type of people they were, the type of character that they were, that is how they're described, But infertility was often associated with sin and punishment in the culture of the day. So a woman that couldn't conceive or or, or a couple that couldn't have children was was considered like somehow there was like people always wonder, okay, what's wrong here? What's what's going on? It's like, why are they not able to have children? And it's it's a sign of blessing to have children and a sign of God's displeasure to be barren. 
So there seemed to be a contradiction here already in this story as we begin to unfold it. It's like we, we start the story, I was like, it says, man, they're, they're good, righteous people. Yet Elizabeth was barren. So that must have kind of created a bit of a tension already within that culture. It's, it's interesting because they were on a journey if, like to be honor God that way, you know, they were on a faith journey where they were living their lives in such a way to honor God. And yet some things didn't seem to be coming together for them. Right? Like understand, like we don't understand, there, there's always a challenge and there's, 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 there's often pain associated with not being able to have children. Like that, that can be a moment for sure. But the social stigma that went with that in this day and age was huge. Like it was a bad thing to not be able to have kids. So you can, so if you kind of put yourself into that situation in their shoes, it's like he's a priest, they're good people, and yet in the midst of that, they're not seeing the results, I'll say, that they should be seeing. I mean, can you relate to that sometimes? You don't have to raise a hand, but, you know, kind of that thought that... Maybe you're here this morning and your pilgrimage is taking a bit longer than you expected, right? There were some things, there's some promises, there's some mile markers along the way, there's some oases in the desert that you've been like, no, that's it. It's like, and it's like the mirage keeps moving down the track. Maybe things aren't adding up. Hang in there. Hang in there. There's more to come. Verse 8, one day Zechariah was serving God in the temple for his order was on duty that week. As was the custom for the priest, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. And while the incense was being burned, a great crowd stood outside praying. Okay, so if you're wondering how to have a successful pilgrimage, let's look at some of the things that, that Zechariah and Elizabeth were doing. He was serving. He showed up when scheduled. When his planning center notice came, boom, he hit accept, and he showed up on that day, and he, yes, right? He was, so he was scheduled, so he showed up. He served. And in the, in, I'm good, I'm good. It was nothing out of the ordinary. It says, as was his custom, right? So this was his normal rhythm of life. And he was chosen to enter the sanctuary, but he was just being faithful to what he was called to do, right? So they were doing life. Sometimes the progress in Pilgrim's progress is simply putting one foot in front of the other, enjoying the journey, staying committed, because you never know when God might meet you in the process, right? So, I mean, you're praying for something, you're believing for something, you've got it out there, and it's like, and you're serving in, in some way, and I encourage you to be serving because that's a way for us to both get connected and to, to, to be a part of, but you, we, we can connect with what God's heart is up to when we're serving. And as we serve, so they're just being faithful in serving, just showing up, just doing what he was supposed to do when he got pro, in the process. All right? Verse 11. When Zechariah was in the sanctuary... An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son. And you are to, to name him John. 
you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn hearts of the fathers to their children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Wow. It's like, that's not a, oh, by the way, Elizabeth is going to get pregnant. That was, that was like Zechariah, we have heard your prayer. And then he unfolds the answer to that prayer and he lays it out there of, of what it's going to look like and the magnitude of God's blessing. So in the midst of doing life, God sent an angel to Zechariah. And I love what Gabriel says to him. God has heard your prayer. I want that to sink in a little bit. God has heard your prayer. They're doing life. Just being faithful. Still barren. No sign of it. But the angel says, God has heard your prayer. That tells me two things. One, they were praying, <laughs> which is good. And two, God was listening. When we're on a spiritual journey, remember to pray and remember that God is listening. Don't, like in the, in the going through the daily life and being faithful and serving, pray. Pour your heart out to God. Believe in faith and know that God is listening. Verse 18, Zechariah said to the angel, how can I, sure this is going to be ha or how can I be sure this is going to happen? I'm an old man now. And my wife is, a, um, and my wife is also well along in years. It's good that even back then when, when she wasn't listening, Zechariah was smart enough to say my wife, not to say my wife is old, all right? So he chose different words. He says, my wife is, uh, I'm getting along in years. And the angel said, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. And it was he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. There's so much here. I, I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that those few verses are in this story. And here's why. Here we have Zechariah the priest, the man of prayer, a good man. He's greeted by Gabriel, who lays out a miracle on how it's about to happen. I mean, I picture Gabriel as not this, you know, um, what's in Peter Pan, the little fairy? What's her name? <laughs> Tinkerbell. I do not picture Tinkerbell. <laughs> See, you guys are with me, right? It's like Tinkerbell isn't playing. Oh, by the way, you're going to have a baby. No. <laughs> when I picture Gabriel, no, seriously, when I picture Gabriel, this is, like, impressive. Like, I don't care how you imagine it. I mean, it's no wonder that Zechariah was scared to death. It's like Gabriel is massive and to me. That's just what I picture. So in the midst of that, this is what the great man of faith says. Really? How can I, how can I be sure of that? Right? Here's this great man of faith. Right? You know what I mean? He's praying. An angel says, this is going to happen. He lays it all out. And Zechariah's response is... Really? I mean, how can I be sure? 
Anyone else with me here? That's me. Oh, sorry, God, but that's me. I mean, you're on a journey, we're praying, we're striving, we're keeping on track, you have this Jesus moment, and God speaks and describes this great answer to your prayer, and your first response is to question it. It's like, you're praying for something, and you you get this moment of clarity, and God speaks to you, and your response is like, "Um, how's how's that even possible? I mean, that's impossible, right? The dotes flood in. And you say something like, how, am I know, how will I know for sure? If I ever step up here some morning and I'm about to preach and I'm allowed, I can't, all of a sudden I can't talk, this has probably just happened. You know, God showed me something and, I'm, and in my mind I go, yeah, well, God, like, that's all good. Like, I, I'm, I'm glad that you want to move in this service and there's going to be this great outpouring. I said, but how's that even going to happen? And it'll be like... Okay, so just know, rescue me, somebody else come up with more faith than me and preach and we'll be fine. How do we know for sure? So Gabriel lets him know. He, 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 he explains it in such a way, I love how he does this. So, so Gabriel says, he says, first he says, wait a minute, this was, you gotta realize, I, I was sent by God to you. Like, this is God's doing. This isn't just something I've made up, and this isn't just something. This is God at work. And the second thing he said, and it will be fulfilled in the proper time. There was an assurance of the fulfillment, and there was an assurance of where it came from. And it almost removed Zechariah somewhat from the process, but I don't believe it completely. But it's like, do you know what I mean? Like, God was saying, like, no. Gabriel spoke and said, no, this is, God has sent me, and this is in the proper time it will happen. Verse 21, this is when we're, uh, our family is ready to leave on a Sunday morning and Ebby and Julie are out in the truck waiting for me and wondering where I am. It says in verse 21, meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have had a vision in the sanctuary. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. Soon afterward, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. I mean, that's a powerful thing for her to be able to say how kind the Lord is. He has taken away my disgrace. As we read further in the story, we learn that Mary, the Mary, Mary, mother of Jesus, like Mary, we, 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 we learn that she comes to visit Elizabeth, having been visited by her own angel, or Gabriel had come to her and spoken the, the word over her and told her that she would bear a son and how God would confirm by his spirit in both women that he was at work. It's a great story and we'll pick it up along the way, but we can have very different views on providence and how God works and is he really in control and if God's in control, how come bad things happen and what does it really look like? How can I be sure kind of questions. But I think what we need to realize is that God's ultimate goal in this narrative of Elizabeth 
and Zechariah and, and, and his ultimate goal in the ongoing narrative of scripture as we continue to, to dig into these stories is the saving of the world. Like the, the, the thing that God is up to, the context for everything that's happening is God's plan for humanity and his desire to redeem people, to bring hope, to bring transformation, to bring life, to bring light. And so sometimes even in our own journey, we can get pretty myoptic and that's, we can get pretty self-focused. We can get pretty caught up in our segment of the journey and see this little part of the script being unfolded in our, in our lives. And sometimes we miss the greater narrative that is so much bigger and that has such an impact. If, if, if we lose sight of that, sometimes it makes it difficult to realize what God's really up to. We know from the story that Elizabeth does have the baby and names him John, as the angel instructed them. John would, would go on to become the forerunner of Jesus' ministry, right? Like he, he was that voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. That's the part that stands out, right? We, can all, we all know, okay, well, you know, Zachariah and, and Elizabeth, you know, they had, they had a baby and that baby was John and he went forth. And so like, we, we, we recognize the John the Baptist part of it and that part of the story and we put those pieces all together. But the journey, the process, the pilgrimage is sometimes less dramatic. Because for Elizabeth and Zechariah, it was a pilgrimage, a pilgrimage I gotta pick a topic that I can actually say next time. <laughs> That's a good time to invite the team back. Maybe some background music, they'll cover up the, uh, some of the... But Elizabeth and Zechariah, it was a pilgrimage of faithfulness. I love that. Like The description is, is this couple that had, had lived a good life, a faithful life. He served in the temple. They walked it out and they just, they just kept praying, kept believing, kept pressing on, kept putting one foot in front of the other, knowing that there was a destination in front, knowing that there was things on their heart that they wanted to see happen, that there was prayers that they were praying and believing for God to fulfill. But in the meantime, in the midst of it, they were faithful. They showed up when they were rostered. They did their part. They, they worked on what they had. And in the mix of the everyday with the disappointments and the breakthroughs. The angelic visitation, Zechariah left speechless, answered prayer. We see a narrative unfold that shows that God is faithful in the midst of all of it. That God's got some things on the horizon that we don't see yet. That, that there's some things that go along with the pilgrimage that in the midst of it, we can get discouraged and we can sometimes feel like, like it's just too much or that we're not enough. And we can romanticize it all we like, but the truth is walking with God is a journey. It's a great journey. I, I, I enjoy being in the outdoors and I love being in nature and as much as I don't do it very much, I love hiking. But for me, like if a hike, if there was no traffic, if, if a hike was like walking down the center of the Cirque, you know what I mean? Like to me, that would get so boring so fast. 
But one of the joys for me of a good hike, which is often why Debbie refuses to go with me, is, is because I love a hike that's got some hills and rocks. It's got some, some creeks to jump over. And I used to love that as a kid. It's like, you know, you, it was almost like a challenge to see whether my brother and I, whether we could both get across that icy pole across the brook without falling in, you know, but it's like, so you, but to me, that's part of the, the, the allure of it. It's like, there's a sense of, you know what I mean? The adventure in the journey, you know, our Christian walks the same way, but you got to take the, the journey as it comes because we've all slipped off that log and ended up in the creek occasionally. But we don't want to abandon the journey because of that, because God doesn't abandon us in the midst of that. Because there's a sense of, 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 of going together, a pilgrimage. It's a process. And yeah, it's a, it is a long journey. And, and there, is, there is some things, there's some challenges, some obstacles to overcome. But we do that with hope. And we do that with purpose. And we know that, and we do that knowing that, that it's the same for all of us as we do that together, that, that this, is, this is something that matters. And you, you skin your shins and, you, and you, you, you come up with bruises occasionally, but, but you keep pushing on and, and continuing and believing for what comes next. Pilgrim's progress. Long journey, but to a desired destination. John chapter 8, verse 12. And I want to apply this to this idea of walking this journey. And I love how Jesus puts this. He, he spoke to the pe- people once more and he said, I am the light of the world. And we're like, yes. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Sometimes the journey is difficult. Sometimes it's difficult to navigate, but we don't walk in darkness. We have the light that leads to life. In your journey this morning, it may seem dark, but understand what is available to you. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. We have light, but it's leading us somewhere. It's taking us somewhere in the midst of the challenges and the struggles and the weight of it. God is with us. Jesus walks beside us. This pilgrimage is one of of community. It's one of walking together. We're not alone. Maybe you're here today and you're thinking, okay, that's all good for you. I mean, that's, that's easy for you to say, you're the pastor. But I think the, the, the being real part of it this morning, the understanding of the reality of it is that we're all on a journey, all of us. You know, the staff here, the board, the leadership team, We're all on a journey with its challenges and its good points and its great points and the times when we want to quit, times when we we want to maybe strangle somebody. 
never you guys. With the board, it's usually me. Um, Nah, we got a great board. We've got an incredible leadership team at this church. I don't don't even want to joke about it because these guys are so awesome. And our team is so good. But we walk together. There's a reality of it. This is not a place for plastic Christians. This isn't a place for perfect people. If you're perfect, you're in the wrong spot. There's one perfect and that's Jesus. And yeah, he is in our midst. Right? But, but, but let's do this together. Let's journey together. Let's, let's be encouraged. I want, you, I want people to leave here encouraged today. And I'm recognizing that's only something that God can do. So can we stand together and we're going to worship God. But as we worship this morning, if, if you're discouraged in the journey, I pray you're encouraged. If, if, you're, if you're questioning some things, I pray that those questions that God would, would begin to answer those things or at least give you the faith to trust him that in his timing, things will happen. Maybe you've been disappointed. Maybe you've been disillusioned. Maybe challenges have been pretty, pretty intense. My prayer for you this morning is that you have a sense that God is with you, that you're encouraged in the journey and that you're encouraged not to give up but to keep putting one foot front of the other just to be faithful in the little things and to believe for God to come through God I thank you that your promises are true Lord that that what you've spoken will come to pass God that you are faithful and you cannot be anything else because it's who you are God that you love us unconditionally that you want to see us succeed God that you that you bring light to our feet God even though it's only the next step there's still that glimmer of hope that spot that we can see God and we step into that in faith and we believe in faith God that you go before and you're leading us to that place. So God, fill our hearts with courage today to continue in the journey, to believe you for so much more. In Jesus' name, we worship you, Jesus.